You're listening to episode 73 of the Fat Fuel Female Podcast. Welcome to the Fat Fueled Female Podcast. I'm your host, Marsha Chow, a holistic nutritionist, personal trainer, and proud dog mama of two. I am obsessed with helping women achieve their goals, feel confident in their skin, and become empowered health advocates. This podcast is designed to help ambitious women thrive on a low-carb, high-fat lifestyle, so tune in each week as we talk all aspects of nutrition, improving your fitness, enhancing your mindset so that you can take inspired action and live your best life all starting from the inside out. I'm so happy to have you here. Now let's get started. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Fat Fuel Female Podcast. And today we're going to talk about two very important hormones, cortisol and DHEA. Now, most people, I think to some degree, have heard of cortisol or understand cortisol. DHEA, not so much. So the number one killer for people getting sick, for people getting disease, for people not feeling like their sexy self is stress. People in the Western world have stress up the wazoo. And with technology, with our fast-paced lives, with having a zillion things to do on our to-do list and never shutting our brain down, never giving ourselves time to really come into rest and digest and relaxation, it's no wonder why our hormones can become really dis regulated. And now a lot of people know that's too much stress clearly is not a good thing, but they don't really understand the mechanism, the mechanisms. Why? Why does or how does, why and how does stress tax our body? Does stress tax our hormones? our gut health, our ecosystem, our detox pathways? How does stress downregulate our body's natural function and production and vitality? So in this episode, I'm going to talk about cortisol and DHEA and give you guys some understanding of how stress and chronic stress, okay? Like, We require a good amount of stress to keep us motivated, to keep us on our toes, but there's a difference with acute stress and chronic stress. And if you look at our ancestors back in the day, they had different types of stress. It was like survival, okay? It's like we're going to come out of our cave and there could be a lion or someone's going to break their arm and we're not going to have a hospital. But very different ways of stress in terms of what goes on through our brains throughout the day. You know, it could be, oh my gosh, my finances, my career, I hate my boss, I'm not eating well, I have to go grocery shopping, oh my gosh, inflation, I got to pay my mortgage, I got to get my nails done, oh my gosh, my hairdresser's so expensive. You could literally go down a laundry list of all these things we are stressed about on the daily. But our ancestors, you know, there was a different type of stress. They would have stress maybe in times when food was sparse or they weren't able to hunt an animal that would be stressful but then they would hunt they would gather they would have that animal they would feed and then they would fast but they didn't have the amount of stresses that we have today in the western world and their toxic load sure as heck wasn't what it is today okay 
There wasn't, you know, pharmaceuticals being prescribed like candy. There wasn't GMOs and pesticides and Roundup. There wasn't all these inflammatory packaged foods that are, you know, become staples in people's diets. There wasn't all this uh, high fructose corn syrup. There wasn't monocropping. There wasn't confined animal feeding operations. There wasn't all these things that we are exposed to on the regular. So yes, there is all the external stresses in our lives that can start with just mental stress, right? Our to-do list. And then there could be like emotional stress, relationship stress, um, you know, health-related stress. uh, And then we could go into like physical stress, right? Like physical stress, like injuries and ailments. And then there's obviously like physical stress from exercising. So like there's different types of stress, okay? So there's good stress, which is hormesis or eustress. And then there is like stress, which is like not good chronic stress specifically okay so first off let's talk about cortisol most people have heard of cortisol it is our stress hormone it is produced in the adrenal glands think of the adrenal glands as these two little glands that sit on your back on top of your kidneys now cortisol helps us interact with the outside world with I have a deadline I have to drop my kids off I have to get to this meeting I have to pick up the dry cleaning I have to do x y and z so cortisol is the hormone that allows us to interact with the external world with the outside world with all the things we have to do in a single day now a lot of times people can be like cortisol is you know bad quote unquote bad and you actually do require cortisol. We want to actually have a lot of cortisol. We want to have a lot of vital reserve. We want to have our adrenals being able to pump a lot of cortisol. Now it's the counterbalance of that is, or first off, it's like we want to have cortisol be pumping, but we don't want to stay in this acute acute phase or this chronic chronic phase so for example um, a healthy stress response would be like okay I gotta drop my kids off Um, I gotta get to work before I get to work I'm gonna do like a 20 minute workout then I'm gonna get to work and I love my job and this is fun and I enjoy my coworkers and I love what I do and then you kind of like you're 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 working but you're not in this like oh my gosh I hate my job I'm ripping my hair and I have to do this and this and this and then maybe lunch you go have like a nice lunch you a little bit of downtime you chill out and then you get off work maybe you go pick up your kid or pick up your dog or meet your partner whatever it is or maybe you just go home and read a book and then you have downtime okay then you have downtime maybe you're doing some yoga maybe you're going for a walk maybe you're out in nature maybe you're just making something good to eat maybe you're watching your favorite show at night but you're allowing your body to have this kind of stress response through the day externally response externally respond to everything that life throws our way but then we come into this relaxation phase this rest and digest and we come into the parasympathetic nervous system towards the end of our day or at lunch when we're doing maybe doing something that's not as uh, working at a 10 we're working at a five we're eating and we're focusing on our, on our digestion so the counterbalance to the cortisol is the DHEA so you want to think of let me just give you a little bit more information on cortisol okay so It's pumped from the adrenal glands. It's actually anti-inflammatory. So it is a natural painkiller. However, it can be 
too catabolic if someone is pumping, 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 pumping all throughout the day and they're not having enough of the DHEA, which is the anabolic effect to the catabolic effect. So think of cortisol, think of CNC, cortisol as more catabolic in the body, more breaking down, and then DHEA as more anabolic building up. So you can't have one without the other, right? Everything in nature builds up, breaks down, builds up, breaks down. Everything we eat, uh, we break down, we build up, we break down, we build up. So it's like that is just how how nature is and how our bodies function, right? But the problem is if you are in catabolic metabolism all day long all day long and you don't bring your body into parasympathetic you are not producing enough DHEA that's when the ratio is off and your body is too much cortisol to DHEA and it is more catabolic so again cortisol think cortisol see catabolic breaks the body down for quick energy Um, it can raise your blood sugar and helps us think clearly and act quickly and again people feel better with higher amounts of cortisol and the adrenals will continue to make cortisol as long as they can and this is going to be very different for every single person based on our genetic potential and based on our vital reserve and again our adrenals are designed to deal with acute stressors like our ancestors not the chronic stressors in the western world where everyone is thrown with so many stressors all throughout the day so dhea think of it as again the it is the anabolic answer to cortisol's catabolic effects in the body okay so think of Uh, catabolism as breaking down and anabolism or anabolic as building up. So DHEA, it is the parent hormone to two very important sex hormones known as testosterone and estrogen. So DHEA, again, builds up the damage done by cortisol um, when we want the body to be in a relaxed and repaired state. So first and foremost, If the body has too much cortisol and not enough DHEA, and if DHEA is the parent hormone for testosterone and estrogen, do you see how hormone dysregulation can come to the surface just from too much stress? So that's the first thing there. Too much cortisol affects the ratio of DHEA. Therefore, that is upstream of testosterone and estrogen. So it can potentially downregulate the production of our sex hormones. Because yes, our sex hormones, think about it like from our ancestors perspective, are for survival. But in today's day and age, if you are taxed up the wazoo, Your body is not like we need to reproduce. It's like we need to pump cortisol. We need to fight or flight and focus on everything that is happening around us. And again, your body um, and your brain cannot differentiate if it is emotional, mental, or physical stress. Same physiological happens. Same physiological response, the hypothalamus pituitary adrenal axis, for short, it's the HPA axis. Same physiological response happens, okay? So your body can't tell the difference. So too much cortisol to DHEA taxes our hormones, um, causes more 
catabolism in the body, more breaking down, and it affects multiple systems in the body. So just to be clear, okay, too much cortisol secretion is not a good thing. Too little cortisol secretion is not a good thing either. And I know that can kind of sound confusing, but I want you to think of all these hormones we have in our body. They all serve a specific purpose. They all play a certain role. They all have a certain job in our body. You know, people be like, too much insulin. Insulin's so bad. And insulin is a very powerful hormone that we do require to lower our blood sugar. At the same account, too much insulin secretion is not a good thing because then we can become insulin uh, resistant and that can lead to type 2 diabetes. And it's like sometimes we'll be like, oh my gosh, estrogen, too much estrogen. And it's like estrogen is a very powerful hormone that we do require. It's just too much estrogen is not a good thing either. It's like all of the hormones we have, we don't want to think of any of them as being bad. We want because they all have, like I said, they all have their own role and own job. Very important job they play in the body. It's just we want to really have everything in balance. We want to have everything in homeostasis. So when you have low cortisol, it, it, it's not good either, right? Like everything is going to be downregulated. Your immune system is going to be downregulated. You could have like insomnia. You could have like muscle weakness. You could have extreme fatigue because your adrenals aren't able to produce that juice. You could have low libido. You know, low cortisol is not a good thing. High cortisol, too much high cortisol chronically is not a good thing either, right? It can, you know, suppress the immune system. You can have... um elevated abdominal fat, you can have uh, disruptions with sleeping because your cortisol is high throughout, you know, well, it should go, you know, it has a natural diurnal pattern where it's highest in the morning around 50%. And then from noon, uh, from noon to like the afternoon is the biggest drop. And then it will gradually start to decrease as you go to bed, right? We don't want a lot of cortisol when we're going to bed. That's going to keep you up. But what I'm trying to say here is we want to make sure that our hormones are in healthy levels. And how do we determine that? Well, we test, we don't guess. You do a stress hormone panel or you do a Dutch test and you see exactly where your specific hormones are. So, We like to explain HPA axis, so hypothalamus, if you don't know what that is, it's just a part of your brain, the pituitary, it's a gland, we refer to it as the master gland, and then the adrenals, which I already went over, um, those two glands that's in your back on top of your kidneys, it's the HPA axis, okay? So HPA axis dysfunction or dysregulation, we like to kind of categorize it in three specific phases. So I like to explain the acute phase is when I would look at someone's lab generally what would happen is their cortisol level would be trending high at each reading and what that means is the adrenals on a positive note are able to produce large amounts of cortisol they're still working right they're still able to produce that juice and a lot of people i like to explain it like 
our vital reserve, when we're younger, we have more vital reserve. As we get older and we have more responsibility and we have more more stress and as we age, our vital reserve can go down, especially if we are not implementing healthy lifestyle behaviors and focusing on all aspects of health, not just diet and exercise, but rest and sleep and recovery and you know nutrition and supplements and stress reduction, all of it, okay? So the acute phase means the adrenals are still firing, they're still going, and someone in their 20s, they could be essentially in the acute phase for a while because you have less responsibilities in your 20s, right? I know for me personally in my 20s, I like to go clubbing, I was in college, like I didn't have the responsibilities I have in my 30s. So someone, and you know, I could go party for like go clubbing two or three nights in a row, go to work the next day. You know, hangovers weren't a thing then. Now it's like you drink for one day and I'm like, if and depending on how many tequila shots I have, you know, I'm not feeling too good for the next 24 hours. But besides that, so the acute phase is when the adrenals are pumping. And what I want to say is if someone's in their like, I like to think about people in their like 30s, mid 30s, 40s, if they're in this acute phase, it's like they're hustling, they're building businesses, they are raising families, they are pulled in so many directions, they have little kids, they have, you know, they're trying to build their careers, they have so many things on the go. So acute phase adrenals are still pumping, pumping, pumping. When we come on to the compensatory phase, that is the second phase, that is when the adrenals stop producing as much cortisol. And this is generally when symptoms come up. So it's like you might be getting brain fog, you may may be having energy crashes, the um, circadian pattern of 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 how we would like to see the cortisol is kind of a little bit wonky. It may be, you know, in range in the morning, but then you might have a dramatic dip. It's just not how we would like to see uh, someone's natural cortisol rhythm. And this is generally when people start, you know, self-medicating, whether they're, you know, doing over-the-counter like NSAIDs like Tylenol or Advil, or they're drinking like two or three cups of coffee to get through the day, and then they're winding down with wine, you know? They're self-medicating to just get through their day because their adrenals, because the HPA, HPA axis isn't working like it used to. And then we come on to the very last phase, which is the exhaustive phase. This is when the adrenal glands are like, whoa, we are really having a hard time coming online. And, you know, the morning reading of cortisol may not even be in a range. It may not even be able to get up there. And then it's just like the cortisol is just like depleted throughout the day. And this is when people really don't feel good. And I kind of like to explain it like, Think of your iPhone um, when it's in like low power mode, when it's like 20 or 30%. Like I have an iPhone and that little little like yellow battery goes on and then it's just like it's slower. It doesn't work as quick and you know, you're not sure you're not sure how long your phone's going to last. Think about your entire body functioning like that because when you're, you are in this exhaustive phase, everything is downregulated. Your hormones are downregulated, obviously, because you're not even producing that much cortisol. Um, and then the DHEA, DHEA for most people are it's pretty low in the exhaustive phase. Not true to everyone, right? Every lab can be different, but generally speaking, like low cortisol, low DHEA, and then everything is affected, right? Your digestion is affected. Everything is working at such a lower, lower level. So digestion is lowered, um, immunity is lowered, hormones are lowered, detoxification is lowered, like everything is just down-regulated. And this is all through 
stress. And this is all, this can happen when someone gets into this compensatory or exhaustive phase, right? Depending, like someone can be in an acute phase for like 5, 10 years. It just depends what your vital reserve is and how well you deal and cope with stress. And if you have a lot of stress, like many of us do, what are you doing in your downtime? Are you allowing yourself to go into parasympathetic, to go into rest, digest, recover? Because you can think, because stress as I said, your body cannot tell, or your brain, sorry, your brain cannot tell the difference if it is a perceived stress, like a perceived threat, like there is someone chasing you down an alley at 1130 on a Saturday night. That is perceived stress. That is a threat, okay? Your brain can't differentiate if it is that or if you are stressed out with your mortgage payment going out going up or you're stressed out about your kid getting into a school or if you're stressed out about whatever your brain cannot tell the difference so you can think that okay yeah I go to work or I have my you're a mom or you have your business or whatever you do and then when you're done you can think that you are taking downtime you can be watching Netflix you can be relaxing but what's going on in between your ears Are you going over your to-do list? Are you actually allowing yourself to fully decompress? Or are you thinking about the past or worrying about tomorrow or thinking about all the things you have to do? So it's it's great to be like, I'm going to take downtime for myself and I'm going to relax on the couch. But the difference is it's actually bringing your state, bringing your mind into a place of fully relaxation and when you allow that parasympathetic nervous system to actually come online and not just like fake coming online because you're like well I'm relaxing I'm relaxing like you can be in a yoga class and not actually be relaxing if you are not present so when you allow yourself to fully go into parasympathetic that is when that anabolic hormone the DHEA is actually able to come online and clean up the mess that cortisol created in the day. And as again, DHEA is the parent hormone to your sex hormones, testosterone and estrogen. So the takeaway of this episode is manage your stress. And I hope I gave you a deeper understanding of what HPA axis dysregulation is and the three phases, acute, compensatory and exhaustive and how people can be depending on your vital reserve your genetic potential your age all of it people can be in different phases for different amounts of time we are all biochemically unique and beautiful and understanding again just understanding your stress where are you pulled in so many different directions how can you what can you take off your plate to lessen your stress load and how can you integrate some kind of peaceful practice mindful practice to really again bring your body into that parasympathetic rest digest recover mode so that is everything for this episode thanks for tuning in and i will catch all of you beautiful humans next week bye for now 
Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed what you heard, make sure to subscribe to the podcast. And if you feel you got some extra value from this episode, it would mean the world to me if you could head over to Apple Podcast or whatever service you are listening to this podcast on, drop a five-star review. Let me know your thoughts on the show. Doing this really helps more people like yourself find the podcast. And if you're not already following me on social media, right now is the time. You can find me on Instagram at Marja Chow for all your nutrition tips, tricks, and inspiration, or visit my website at fatfueledfemale.com where you can download my free seven-day keto meal plan with recipes. Thanks so much for tuning in, and I will catch you next week.